Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner show. Today, I have with me a very good friend of mine from overseas, Miss Viv Guy. Viv, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm really, really pumped about our discussion today. I just think this is going to be a transformational episode for anybody who's listening, who may be getting ready to start their online business or is in the throes of it and is really struggling with so many different topics we're going to talk about. My mind is racing. So, I mean, let's just get started. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are today. Okay, let's go. Let's go back 18 years. <laughs> if we can remember back to back to that point. Um, so I decided at the, the age of 22 that I wanted to start my own business. Uh, and the reason for this was um, my parents had fostered. So I'd seen a lot of uh, young people coming through with a lot of emotional baggage, struggling with mainstream education. And then I got, you know, went to university and thought this, this, you know, there's just nothing for these young people who are really kind of falling behind in school and sometimes falling out of school. There's nothing to really support them and engage them. So I decided to set up an alternative education company um, using my creative background. So I I studied drama and dance originally and decided to to start this alternative education and worked with a lot of centres who were working with young people who'd been excluded from mainstream education because of a lot of these emotional and behavioural challenges that they, they were facing. So started that business and then expanded that into working with young people, 19 to 25, with learning difficulties, complex health needs. So it kind of grew into this massive, massive um, business over the course of the the 12 years and grew that to to over a seven figure business, employed an amazing team. And so started with that, but then got really bored as a typical entrepreneur after 12 years. I was like, okay, you know, I'm ready to do something else now. You know, that's great. It's all ticking by. So kind of handed the reins over to the amazing team that I had in place. So that's still still going on these days and decided because I was starting a family at that point as well, that I wanted to do something really creative again, because obviously as a CEO, I, you know, got really tied up in a lot of the bureaucracy that comes in working, you know, with young people and safeguarding. And I was like, you know, I want to be more hands on again. So I decided to go creative, set up my own photography business. And it was a whole new challenge for me. So not only did I have a brand new baby, um, <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, can't suddenly work 60 to 80 hour weeks like I had done for my entire 20s, you know. Um, I was like, oh, this is really tough. And then also I was entering the world of online marketing, totally new to me. My first business was entirely on referrals. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. This is really difficult. There was so much noise in the online world, all the things you should, must and have to do. And suddenly you find like your workloads getting bigger and bigger, but you're getting nowhere. So, you know, this was a real drive for me. So I set up my photography business, really struggled. And then really kind of figured out how to make things work. I was like, you know, boundaries have got to go into place so I can really be present as a mom. And um, and so I said, right, I'm, I'm working 20 hours a week. That is it. That's the max. And all of these things that people are telling me I have to do and I should do to grow a successful business. I'm not I'm not listening to all, all of that noise anymore. I'm going to do things my way. Um, 
obviously with, you know, some of the knowledge that I picked along the way and obviously running a business for 12 years prior to that. And by doing that, I grew my, uh, my personal brand photography business really, really quickly into a very successful business. And then I had other photographers going, how have you done this so soon? You know, this is amazing. Um, and started getting into, into the coaching world, which everyone had told me I should be doing after I left my, my business, you know, after 12 years, that you know, consultancy and coaching. But I really needed to kind of do something really creative and different again. So and then I was like, oh, actually... I'm really loving the coaching side as well. So, and I really found there was a need. I was working with, with a lot of um, female entrepreneurs with, through my personal brand photography business. And they were really, um, they were struggling. They were working these crazy hours and kind of going, I left my corporate job so that I could work a lot less hours and go for dog walks in the day. And one of my clients was like bubble baths. And, you know, in the day was the vision. And she was like, and now I'm working 60 to 80 hour weeks for no money. And I don't know what to do. And so I kept hearing this story over and over again and, and struggles with like being visible and identity, uh, you know, and any anyone out there who's a mom, you know, or even a dad, but you know what it's like when you suddenly, you know, your identity changes. It feels like it does when you've got children and your whole life just shifts and your role shifts. And a lot of people were struggling with those issues as well and just not sure how to actually show up and then therefore get visible to their, to their audiences and, and their ideal clients. So that led me into, into high-performance business coaching uh, with a real focus on helping clients get consistent clients and really find the balance so that they can work 20-hour weeks. And that's my big thing. You don't have to work more than 20 hours a week. And I'm going to tell you, hopefully today, all about how to achieve that. Hey friends, you know, from the demands of career to personal obligations, sometimes life can feel like it's in control of us and not the other way around. Spending decades working hard with the hope of one day getting time to enjoy simple pleasures or luxurious vacations, or heck, even just spending quality time with loved ones without the mental heaviness of our obligations waiting for us when we're done. I know so many of you are feeling so desperate for a change and you've expressed to me you're willing to do whatever it takes to get yourself out of the place you're in. My friends, I don't want you to struggle. I don't want this journey to take longer than it needs to. This is why I've created the Freedom Business Community. It's a community for people just like you who are saying to yourself, there's got to be a better way. In this community, we work together to build micro businesses and create multiple passive streams of income so that we can build businesses that support our lifestyle, the lifestyle that we long for. Let's take control of our life. Let's create the life that we long for and let's do it together. Join me in the Freedom Business Community. There's a link below in the show notes that will take you there so you can sign up and let's get started today. Okay, well, oh my goodness. There they go. Hold on. I love it. They sit right outside my window. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love the idea of that being in the podcast. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so... um. I was taking notes because there's so much to unpack in that, like, two-minute spiel. (laughs) Okay, so first things I was going to ask you is, like, how, first of all, how did you start a photography business? Did you already have photography background, or was that something all new you had to learn and everything? No, I my background, as I said, originally was was uh, drama and dance. So I kind of had yeah. the creative juices. Did 
did enjoy photography, you know, on an amateur basis, but had never done it professionally. So yeah, new baby, new business and learning a whole, whole new genre of photography. And it wasn't just one genre because, you know, I like to know everything. So I did weddings, babies, boudoir, maternity, uh, you know, (laughs) fashion photography. I tried, you know, everything. Um, And then it's, I settled on personal brand photography so yeah it, 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 I, I did everything so it's learning everything along with how to build a business online at the same time yeah that um, okay I know what it's like to learn new things and like go through this I don't know what you'd call it just like this immersion almost like you learn by immersion yes. I have been there I know how that feels it can like overwhelm your brain and then to do that right after having a baby on top of everything else is massively like I have to highlight the significance of that (laughs) and I think any moms listening would understand because we all know what baby brain does and then how bad it gets right after baby (laughs) crazy really and to come up you know to learn and to plan how did your previous business experience what do you think really uh, benefited you the most in building your photography business from from your previous uh, business um I'm very strategically minded, even though I'm a creative, very strategically minded. And I really think that being able to see the sort of bigger picture of what I was trying to achieve um, really helped and what those then being able to break that down. So, you know, it wasn't just like, I'm going to become a photographer, Muslim photography. It was kind of like, what am I looking to build? What are the things I need to do to get me from A to B? Um, but then, as I said, you know, there was so because I come into the online world and there's so much noise that becomes a real distraction. And for me, you know, again, with baby brain, I was totally kind of into that. Oh, I need to, learn, you know, all of these things because I'm new to the online world. And it was only kind of when I step back and go, come on, actually, come on, girl, you know what you're doing here. You've done this before. You know how to, to build a business, to grow a business and to run a successful business. And it was kind of, you know, again, by doing it my way, because when I started a business at 22, I knew nothing about business. You know, I kind of went in, you know, jumped in at the deep end and, and learned, again, learn as I went. And that's kind of very much my style, sort of learn, learn as I go. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I very much approached it. And that's how I brought in that, that experience. Well, on, I have to say kudos because that is super commendable. I mean, right there, that is like mom of the year award. <laughs> and then I got pregnant before my, my, before my first one was even a year old. I was like, that, oh my no. goodness. no, no, it was great. It was fantastic. But yeah, like, yeah I was like, okay, this is, uh, yeah, just making this more challenging now. Let's have two little people in the mix of all of this. So and two different like mental afflictions because I told my husband once when I was pregnant I said it's almost like somebody just takes over my body for like two years because you know leading up to and then after I said it's just it's just not like I'm even myself and so it's hard sometimes when you're when you're dealing in that space to know like when your mind is legit this is this is Lindsay this is like the normal Lindsay versus this is just pregnant Lindsay or mama Lindsay like there's a definite difference and being able to talk to yourself it sounds like you definitely have that gift of being able to be your own cheerleader which I if you've listened to my podcast I am a huge proponent of Um, I think every entrepreneur has to have that gift and clearly you exemplify that as well so (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) thank you so much so as being a mom, we've talked about baby brain, but in the beginning, like what were some of the, the mom hurdles, like, you know, that you had to go through while building your business, obviously learning that's one hurdle, 
But then what was anything that you learned as a mother, as a new mother, and how did you cope with that? Um, I, I think the big thing was like, you know, having been able to be pretty selfish, you know, in my 20s, you know, I had a husband but and a dog. But other than that, you know, know the commitments. And it was learning that this there's another person here to to be responsible for. And so, you know, the business cannot be the the, the thing that comes first now. You know, you've kind of got to build in time for, for other people. Um, and that was a massive sort of eye-opener for me because – I, I will hold my hands and say, you know, the way I ran my business in my, my 20s was really not the right way to run a business. You know, it was, I put in crazy hours. I definitely neglected myself, relationships, and, it, you know, it's not healthy. And being a mom taught me to actually, you know, how to build a business in a much healthier way for myself and for my family as well. Um, because I wanted to be that mom that was present, you know, and I didn't want to be the mom that was sat there on her phone all the time while my kids were kind of playing. Um, yeah, it's a real bugbear of mine, you know, and we all slip and I do it, do do it. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm on the phone, I'm on social media. Uh, but I'm really trying to be disciplined and kind of put the phone away when I'm with the kids so that, you know, I'm present with them. And when I'm at work, I'm really present. So really kind of compartmentalizing things more, whereas I used to just, you know, work just consumed my world because I love I love my business, you know, and I've always loved the businesses that I've run. And they almost become your hobby, but it was about kind of realizing there is more to life. And actually I'm a much better businesswoman and entrepreneur when I have boundaries and boundaries in place. And when I self care, because that was something I never ever learned in my twenties was self care. And I used to burn out and be so ill with burnout when it hit me. Um, and I was like, that is no way to, to live your life. So yeah, boundaries and, and balance was a really big thing I had to learn. So tell me a little bit more about how you evolved into the coaching. Like at what point did you decide that, okay, I've got my photography business now. It's, it's clicking along. Now I think I want to help others. Kind of how did you get to that point? And then how did your coaching business take off? Sure. So uh, with, with the photography, I was working with a lot of very successful entrepreneurs, uh, multi-six-figure entrepreneurs, um, real range, but predominantly all, all women. And a lot of them were moms and they were really struggling with, again, sort of the balance and the boundaries uh, and visibility, you know, real big thing because of like not just, you know, the changes from in careers for some people when they have kids, but also those body changes and body confidence and how do the, does the world perceive me? So showing up became really, really difficult for some people. Um, and so for me, that was something I really wanted to help people because obviously that's going to, you know, that affects the bottom line for, for businesses. If you're not showing up, you're not visible, you're not actually speaking to your ideal clients, you know, how are they going to know that you've, they're there and that you have something to help them? So I really wanted to, I really started seeing this trend uh, arise. And as I said then as well, that um, I had a lot of photographers asking me how I'd grown my business so, so quickly, so successfully. And, um, and so, so sort of as much as I'd resisted coaching, so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that kind of role. I, it, I gradually sort of fell back into it. And I think part of that was, you know, again, having kids and my own journey was, do I feel confident enough to do this? Because I'd come from, yes, running one very successful, you know, seven figure business to then an online world. And I was like, because, because I've been through those struggles, I was like, do I really know enough? 
But obviously I did because I'd been through the struggles and I'd come through the other side. But it took time. I think it just took my brain time to go, yes, it's okay. You can do this. Um, and it was purely from seeing. And, and I did a, a big piece of research uh, speaking to a lot of a lot of female entrepreneurs who had come from corporate and talking about the struggles they had around visibility um, and marketing um, and just running a business, having come from the corporate world. And yeah, it was kind of like, I, I always say it's like being conditioned. You know, we, we are like that, you know, within our businesses. And especially if you've come from corporate, you know, you, you speak in a certain way, you're taught to sort of dress and behave and often drive the same sorts of cars as your, you know, your peers. And so we, we kind of fall into this conditioning. Um, and so that when we go into business on our own, it's really difficult to break that. And even though I had my own business, I still, you know, for 12 years previous, um, I still had the same challenges that, you know, that was one business and that was, a, you know, an education-based business, you know, and I spoke in a certain way. And then when I started my own photography business, actually it was about creating, you know, and what was that brand and how did I want to speak and how did I want to come over? And that's something that people really struggled with and I really wanted to help them sort of break through that and figure out how to actually do it all you know because that's what every woman wants I want to be able to do it all I want to be superwoman but without actually suffering burnout and you know family life suffering and the business suffering so how do I get that balance absolutely um so you're saying that you basically saw a theme where women who were in corporate they were transitioning into online business space is that right and they felt um uncomfortable with kind of their image and how to put themselves out there and even though they had all of these years of corporate experience and they were certainly capable um they didn't was it more of an imposter syndrome or was it just simply like maybe a self-worth issue did you notice any similar like consistencies yeah, very much. I mean, I, I deal with this with all my, my clients when it comes to, to, to marketing and sales. And it's, it, you know, the big fear is I'm now selling myself, you know, when I'm in corporate, I'm selling, you know, a huge corporation. And now I'm actually, it's it's me, it's me. And it's just, you know, I'm asking someone to pay me. And, you know, that, that is a massive, massive challenge that I see for each and every entrepreneur. And then the other thing is, you know, you get so used to sort of, and, and the, you know, the clients I work with are often like, you know, high achievers from corporate. Um, so they've run departments and they've had people, you know, accounts departments, design departments, sales departments, market departments. So they've had all that outsourced and suddenly to kind of go, this is all on me now. I've got to learn to do all of these things. So, you know, I might be an amazing like therapist or coach or, you know, whatever, whatever their business is, but actually, that's the thing I love and that's what I'm good at but I hate all the other stuff and I don't want to do the other stuff but actually I started my own business so I've got to do it all and that's where that massive overwhelm and pressure comes in and you know it's like I don't know what to do I'm not getting the results where do I start well you know I'm under it's it's like being buried under like this whole like mountain of sort of like uh ideas and 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 tasks Um, and it's just kind of like where how do I get out and which one do I start with um, let's kind of pivot a little bit. So how do you suppose, how do you help people like make that transition into becoming more of a profitable business person for less time? Sure. Um, the, the, the big myth here is that when we're starting our businesses, there's so much to do. Um, so everyone suddenly thinks I've got to do websites and I've got to design all, you know, amazing. Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, AKA the Indie Podcast Father, 
on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com. Graphics, and I've got to spend all my time doing all these like uh, lovely things and set up, you know, my account spreadsheets and own all of the, the, these like really kind of intricate, nice to have things. But actually, when we start our businesses, none of that. That's just fluff. That we that's really nice to have. That's like icing the cake. What we need, you know, is, is is what's going to make the cake. And you know, for us, that's going to be clients and customers. So actually, the thing we need to be be focused on, you know, those key tasks need to be around finding clients. You know, so when that's you know, how how am I going to get to having conversations? And some people might be listening, saying, "Oh, I hate having like in person conversations, Zoom conversations." You know, I know entrepreneurs who do not like having those conversations, but they'll do them through private messengers and, and chats and things like that. But having conversations is the fastest way to grow your business and get clients. Okay. And that's where, when I look at all my clients that come through, the thing that they're doing is they're doing everything that's a distraction from that key activity. You know, so if we can get those clients in, we can get that revenue coming in, then we can actually start, you know, outsourcing some of those tasks so get someone else to build your website don't sort of spend days and weeks you know painstakingly on that because again if you start thinking right now now you know I've got some clients I'm going to build a really beautiful website actually who's coming to visit that website right now you know you're not getting traffic through Google that takes time you know so do you want to outsource that because if you suddenly go I'm going to build a website and it's going to you know consume all my my very limited time over the next two or three weeks, is that two or three weeks that you've then stepped aside from actually doing some marketing, having conversations with with potential clients, going to networking events, speaking to potential referral partners, whatever those things might be. Um, Because this is where, again, I see clients who go, oh my gosh, I had a 10K month. And the next month I had a 0K month and now I'm at a 10K month, you know, and it's like this whole like roller coaster because it's it's the feast of famine, isn't it? You know, we take our foot off off the gas and we go and do these other distracting activities and that's when we, we we find inconsistency. So to get to the consistency is always about making sure every single week we are planning in the key activities. So, you know, we don't need websites. We don't need amazing graphics at the start. You know, we can get away with, with actually just picking up the phone, having conversations. And as I said, you know, speaking to potential referral partners is a fantastic way. If you've got value to give to someone else's audience, you know, that is going to be something great for them. You know, affiliate, I know you talk about affiliate uh, opportunities, you know, is there an affiliate opportunity that if they refer into it, into something of yours, group program, something that they get, you know, get hard cash as a result of, uh, of that referral. So, you know, there are opportunities, so many opportunities um, and we just get caught up because again, we listen to the noise that's out there and we look at those people that are seven years ahead of us and think that's where we're supposed to be right now, you know, with wanky websites and who are present on LinkedIn, you know, on, on, uh, on YouTube, they're on um, Instagram, they're on Facebook, they're on TikTok, they're everywhere. And, you know, we're kind of going and trying to do all of those things and actually we're having no, you know, achieving no results. And so that, that's the, the myth is that we have to have all of those things at start. And all we really have to do is invest time in finding those clients. That is the number one activity in those early days. 
Okay. So in your opinion, what do you think is maybe one, give me one example or two maybe of good ways people could start finding clients that are just getting started. And, and obviously it's going to be different for different businesses, but I mean, just the first two that maybe come to your mind. Um, a great um, activity I, I learned um, from uh, amazing guy, Tad Hargraves, if you don't know him, he runs uh, something called Marketing for Hippies. Uh, check him out. He He's amazing. And he introduced me to the concept of hub marketing, which came from some guy called Dominic. Can't remember his surname. Um, and this activity is write down. So a list of a, a hundred businesses or people who are interacting with your ideal client. So they could be selling something to them, they could be supporting them in some way. Write down that list and then pick out, have a look through that list and pick out the ones that you think, you know, you'd like to start sort of approaching. So, and then pick up the phone and have conversations. You know, what do your clients need? How can I, you know, how can I support them? Or I've got, you know, what do your clients need? This is a really great way that I could support them. Or so that's number one. So kind of do this referral referral list. So go and uh, and have a look for for those people. The second thing is start talking. So I like to you know if you hate hanging out in social in Facebook and social media, you know, and you just do not want to spend your days kind of adding value comments. And again, it totally depends on your marketing archetype as to kind of whether that fits you or your personality and your style or not. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, you know, I, I find it soul destroying for, for me. I don't want to hang out in, in those groups, you know, um, to try and find the odd person. Um, so I go in at the higher level. I speak to the group leaders. Can I come in and do guest speaking for you? What can I add that would be of great value? Can I do a workshop? You know, can I offer a free resource that you can give to your clients? So that's another opportunity. And again, look at this stage. We're not having to have our own social media. So if you're having the whole, I can't show up yet on my own personal profile as me, you know, so far we've had conversations with, with people outside of your, your private network. We've gone into to other groups and communities and approached their leaders. Okay. So they're, they're the two, two big ones. Um, and then the third one is I love networking. And again, don't need a social media, don't have to show up, you know, in places that's going to make you uncomfortable. Go out and talk to people and don't go in with the, the, the view that I want to find clients. But again, who who could I partner with? What are the opportunities here? Um, and, and can I find people who are my support network as well? Because actually, you know, by just showing up, again, you become referable because you're the person that everyone thinks of when, you know, someone says, oh, I've got a client who's overworked or they say, oh, you know, my friend Sue down the road is really struggling with her, her time. Now she's running a business and juggling the kids and everything. Uh, just wondering who you, you know, could recommend for support. Who's she going to think of? She's going to think of Viv because she just had coffee with her during a networking event just that very day. So networking is another great way to, to kind of build those connections, uh, but can be a slower, slower burn on that one. So oh my gosh, I'm loving what you're saying. And mostly what I'm over here, like, if I could just be like, yes, yes, yes. Because I'll tell you my favorite <laughs> thing about it, Viv, is it sounds like we're approaching our business like a business. Social selling feels very, A, it's competitive. It is mm-hmm. very competitive. You can go and put value comments in groups and you're going to be in the throes of hundreds and sometimes multi hundreds, you know, like it's just too much. And it almost just feels like you're, I don't know, begging for somebody to look at you. And Mm -hmm. it's just not the kind of style that 
resonates with me personally. I much rather, like you said, offer value to somebody's clients, make a partnership, make a connection, make a business relationship and make a friend in the process, you know, and, and be able to pass business back and forth. Like, I love your strategy. It's just so awesome. It makes it more human, I think. And I think this is, you know, sometimes the problem we have with social media because you can't see people because you're not actually having, you know, real conversations like on a telephone or, you know, seeing somebody's face, you know, like you would on a Zoom call even. Um, It's really difficult sometimes that people kind of get that whole, uh, you know, I'm afraid to show up or it doesn't feel good because it doesn't feel personal. And actually, you know, when we do business, you know, people buy from people. So actually it's about those personal connections that we really do need to try and try and make. And, you know, by doing that um, and having that credibility by association, by going in and speaking to groups or, or partnering with people, you know, it's a really great way to do that. It's so true. Yep. I love it. Well, okay. So I guess, oh, you were talking about um, marketing. What did you call it? Archetypes? Yes. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so one of the things um, I get my clients to do is a marketing archetypes quiz. I can give you it and you pop it in a link if you want. It takes less than 60 seconds. And this is so many people, and I did it, when they start their business, are really trying to grow their business by using strategies that they feel are sucking the soul out of them. And they are just kind of pushing and pushing and trying to do it and often kind of going, actually, I'd rather go and sit and watch Netflix than do any more of this. So then I just don't show up. And because they're trying to do things that do that just don't feel right, and they're not aligned with their, their personality types. So there are three marketing archetypes. So there's a persuader, aka also known as salesperson archetype. Um, there are mavens and there are connectors. So you will fall into one of those three archetypes and then you'll have sort of a primary sort of more dominant one and then a, a secondary one. So I'm a persuader connector. Um, and by figuring that out, there are different marketing strategies that you can that, that would suit your your sort of marketing archetype, your personality type. So again, this is one of the massive things about reducing your hours in your business comes from actually doing things that you know feel good, feel aligned, because then your energy is in the right place. You can get into flow. You know, you're not kind of pushing against an opposing force. You're doing something that actually lights up your soul, really energizes you, and leaves you at the feeling at the end of the day like, wow, that was an amazing day rather than, oh, God, that sucked. That was just <laughs> another day of kind of doing something that I hated and I've still got no clients. Um, and when your energy is in the right place, you automatically start attracting clients because, you know, it, it, it just it comes comes across in everything that you do. Um, so, yeah. So the marketing archetype quiz really helps people start to find what are the methods, what are the, the strategies and tactics that they that would suit them and that they should probably start looking at? Because, again, we enter the online world of social media and we think, right, I've started a business. I've got to set up a Facebook group. I've got to do this, you know, and now I've got to hang out in 150,000, you know, Facebook communities. And that is what so many people think they have to do. And they are short term strategies as well, you know, so kind of doing that hanging out. And my coach said this to me like a long time ago, which was, do you want to be a farmer or a hunter? Okay. So the hunter is the person that's going out and hustling, hustling, hanging out and doing all those like comments on threads, comments on threads, you know, really just trying to find clients anywhere and everywhere, doing the sleazy PM messages, the cold like pitching, which, you know, drives me 
potty um versus do you want to be the farmer who you know lays some really great seeds be that through referral partnerships networking through great content you know it could be um seo rich blog content podcast youtube you know whatever those methods are so that actually you attract clients okay and they start coming to you they start finding you so that's what we want to do because short term like hustling and hunting is exhausting and it's where you're going to burn out and it's it's just going to zap your energy so we need to kind of really think about longer term strategies in all of this as well yeah definitely i agree a hundred and fifty thousand (laughs) percent in my spare time i've coached people over the years plus in management i always saw myself as a coach i always was there to grow people that was what i was doing i it wasn't about yeah the business was there and it was important but i always told people you're you're not going to be this human that you're in this job for the rest of your life and i get that so if i can help you along the way and help you be a better person and and promote you and get you going somewhere bigger that's what I want to do. That's what makes my life fun. So I've really been coaching people forever. But that whole idea of getting on social and just trying to, I don't know, cherry pick and find people and do this. And it just, oh, it just, like you said, it does it for me, it's a turnoff. Like I just don't even want to do it. And also I feel like it's time sucking. I was going to say, and it is the biggest, you know, I, I had a one-to-one client last year and she looked at how much time she was spending on social media eight hours eight hours and as she said and I'm not actually doing anything very strategic for my own business I get I go in to do something and then I get sucked into the scroll hole and then it messes with my mindset because I start comparing myself to everyone else and you know it so you know I'm not poo-pooing social media entirely because it absolutely has its place it's great to have a presence on there but you you know it's about being very strategic with how you use that and how much time you put in into it each day Um, and so as I said there are other ways of actually using social media and that can be as I said finding groups where you can go in and offer value because actually you know what you do would really serve that audience and really thinking of it from how can I go in and serve and add value? Because actually it's like, um, it's like the snowball effect, you know, you do that and the word gets out because so many people, you know, know one another in the business world. Um, and everyone's like, Ooh, you know, Viv did a great talk. And then suddenly people are knocking on you, talking can we talk in my group? And then you're exposed to new audiences. So well, yeah, absolutely. yourself up as the authority by doing mm-hmm. that. Plus you position yourself as a professional, yeah. It is there just a difference in like how you're communicating versus just being part of the, the groupies, basically. I don't know how else to say it, but that's yeah. a really clever idea and strategy, especially when it is in alignment with what you're doing. It makes perfect mm. sense and it's a benefit to everybody. I love the idea of your marketing archetype thing. Is that something that you, you say you have all your clients do it now? I bet you're probably to a point now where you can talk to somebody and almost figure out what archetype they are just by meeting them. I, I do and I can and it's really interesting because I I attract a lot of persuaders who are very similar to me I would say at least 60% of my client base are persuaders and it's really interesting how obviously we attract a lot of people that are quite similar to us as well and that's not intentional but obviously you know people kind of resonate with my energy and the style and the way I do things and like that I like the way she does it. I'd like to do my business that way. And so obviously, you know, it, it works then because the style I'm using and the thing, the practices and the strategies I'm using are things that obviously appeal to, to that archetype. Um, I love but, that. Yeah. So, okay. uh, 
So anybody listening, if you're resonating with Viv like I am, because I'm over here like I'm probably the same as you. I can already see. I don't know what a maven is, but the other two you described, I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. (laughs) A maven is a thought leader for anyone out there. So you will find mavens are you know, amazing bloggers, they create amazing content, um, but generally not the the people that want to be standing on a stage in front of like a 1000 people, you know, that's the persuader who's going to be out there kind of going, listen to me, you know, fairly good at like persuading people, you know, without it being in a, sometimes that's why I call it persuader, not salesperson, because people automatically think sleazy salesperson. And it's not at all. It's just with the, the energy and the charisma that people kind of really buy into them. Awesome. I love that. Well, I want everybody to go take that and then meet up with you. So how can they find you? What's the best? So way? people can people can find me uh, via my website so vivguy.com I'm really easy to find just vivguy um, have a look around for me I am on Facebook on a personal page don't have Facebook groups um, and I'm on Instagram viv.guy so you can find me on there as well awesome thank you so much this has just been I hope people listening are getting a transformation and eye-opening experiences like you know, as we're talking about all these little nuggets of ideas and wisdom and experiences, it was just truly and powerful or powerful rather. <laughs> it's been great. And I know we could talk for hours on this subject, you know, there's so much more to say, but I if know. anyone is is struggling, you know, just strip everything back, you know, kind of think, <laughs> ask that question, is this getting me closer to my goal of, you know, and if that goal is I need more clients, ask yourself, is having a website getting me closer? Because, you know, who's who's landing on that right now? You know, is is playing in Canva for six hours getting me closer to getting my ideal client? Or actually is having a conversation with a, someone who's probably got, you know, 5,000 of my ideal clients in their audience going to be a better way to get my, you know, to, to get more clients, you know, so, so ask yourself those questions, you know, and I think Tim Ferriss says it in the four hour work week. Uh, I think he says, he asks himself three times a day, is this getting me closer to my goal and actually do that check-in because it's so easy to get, you know, sidetracked. So. Yeah, it is. It is. In fact, I almost find, and maybe you did, you found this too, while you were in the, in the, especially when you were a mom getting started, I find when I have like narrow windows of time to work, I'm more productive than if I like have my day job where I could show up and, you know, at eight and leave at five, I'll still be productive because that's just my nature. But when I'm working on my business, I'm amazed how much I get done because I have 90 minutes and I have to get this done da da whatever it is done. Yeah. And I just sit there and with powerful intention and produce it in that 90 minute span. So it's pretty, pretty impressive. And it can actually be very helpful if you set time limits for very much so. Yeah, it's, it's park. It's called Parkinson's law. And the principle is, we work to the time we have available. And again, this is why when we start our own businesses, and we, you know, we, we set out and we were like, we have to work 40, 50, 60 hour weeks, because that's what we've done in our, our corporate careers. And that's what, you know, in, in inverted um, uh, brackets, you know, is a, um, a full constitutes a full time job. So we come into our own businesses with that preconception. Um, but actually, could you imagine if you rocked up for your, your nine to five job? and you got the work done in two hours <laughs> and you're like right I'm off home now you wouldn't do it because your boss would be like whoa you we don't need you anymore you know that's your yeah. job gone you know um and you're out of work so you you learn to fill the time so we've developed this this habit through our careers of filling the time available and actually you know if we set ourselves that I'm giving myself 
40 minutes to write my weekly newsletter to my email list rather than I'm going to, you know, it's on my to-do list for today and I'm going to agonize over it for three hours because that's, you know, the time I've got. If you give yourself three hours, you'll take three hours. If you give yourself 30 minutes, you'll take 30 minutes. So it's about giving yourself the time, uh, time spots and you will be much more productive. That's true. See, we're already going on. Oh, we're all, yeah, we are going on and on. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you like mommy, so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.